Bio podcast. At Optimal Bio, we don't just balance your hormones, we balance your whole body. Our conversations range from nutrition to medicine with an emphasis on wellness tips to support your health journey. If you like what you hear, find us on the web at OptimalBio.com and follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Optimal Bio's Wellness Podcast. It's been a long time, but today we have Dr. Greg Brannon, founder of Optimal Bio, back on our podcast today, just to simply go back and just kind of look at the basics of multiple of the testosterone treatments that are out in the market today. And, and in particular, you know, hopefully towards the end, focus more and more on the benefits of the pellet placement, bioidentical pellet placement that we do here at Optimal Bio. So doctor, welcome. And how have you been? Oh, fantastic, Jim. It's been a wonderful. Our company is, uh, it's growing by because of people's word of mouth. It's been uh, awesome watching true science, like rub, where rubber hits the road, right? It's all this theoretical stuff's great, but how's it affect Jim, Bob, Greg, Mary. And to watch that ex- uh, is exciting. Um, I love it. I love it, Jim. I love how we're growing word of mouth. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool too that uh, not only is the business growing, but we've seen in the marketplace um, uh, a lot of things pop up. You know, in the last year and a half or so, um, obviously BioT, um, uh, the large uh, bioidentical um, franchisee pellet company, went public. Um, we've seen a new oral uh, treatment come out uh, recently. Um, we've obviously seen some of the things that I think everybody's seen on TV, you know, Roman and, and other products, you know, that are out there as well. And of course, um, there seems to be a lot of clinics, you know, that have popped up, uh, in North Carolina and elsewhere right now that are, you know, offering, you know, shots, uh, as well as the oral, you know, cream, excuse me, as well as the creams as well. So anyhow, I thought we'd just kind of go back and, you know, why don't we start from the beginning and let's, seems to be a lot of patients that, I know of at least that, you know, have come to Optimal Bio that were previously on creams before. So let's talk first about the creams, the testosterone creams, and what are the benefits? Uh, what are, you know, some of the negatives to being on cream, on the creams, and how effective are they? Okay, we're going to tie this together with you talk about the marketplace growing, Jim. What if there was something you could take that decreased dementia, cognitive health increased? Uh, decrease cardiovascular disease, uh, body fat percentage, uh, increase your immune system, decrease diabetes, um, protect breast cancer, protect prostate cancer. What would that value be? What a company that would be, right? That's what testosterone does. So people are looking at it, people are looking at what's the route to do this? Why, how we get in the market? And that's really important to me, Jim. We got started in this had zero to do with market, had zero to do with income, had to do with how could I help Greg and Joe, my wife? How could I help my patients? How can we help people scientifically? So you talk about creams is this. Testosterone is made by our bodies, both men and women. Women make it from the adrenal glands and the ovary. Men make it from the testicles. And it has over 500 functions. So you jump right to the route. And what you're trying to do is try to mimic, people are trying to mimic this way to go. Is it a cream, a shot, a pill? So our body, our body secretes it from the organ into the blood. Then the blood takes it around the body and the cells that need it grab it. That's what hormone means. It means messenger in Greek. So that's how it works. So creams are a way to rub on your skin so it gets into the bloodstream and then it does the same function. But here's the problem, Jim. The skin is not a great absorber of medication. It's not mimicking the testicle or ovary. It's getting close, but it's not. It's better than oral. You brought up oral, Jim. That oral that, that's out here new in America has been in Europe for 30 years. Um, only 3 to 7% of it's absorbed. That's why the dose is so high because only 3 to 7% is absorbed because it goes to the liver. Right. We'll get to that in a so, minute, but let's just, let's just okay. stay on the creams for now. Well, it's hard just to go one, just one thing, creams, because it's this. First off is you have bioidentical hormones, which means it's atom for atom, molecule for molecule, structure for structure, exactly what your body makes. Then you have a couple things. First off is pharmacy companies cannot patent an organic molecule. So they must modify nature's molecule so they can own it and therefore make money on it. There are three classes of synthetic anabolic steroids. One's called an ester, but they take testosterone, they bond a molecule to it. That's a long chain fatty acid. It has to do with this molecules in ester. It's a carbon and oxygen binding to this product. 
Number two, there's one called, they changed testosterone to 19-nor-testosterone. So now the structure's changed. Number three, uh, third class is they changed at the uh, 17 carbon, they added what's called an alkyl group. So all three of those, Jim, which are in creams, which are in shots, which are in oral, are not bioidentical. So even though the route's trying to mimic what your body does, it's not the same chemical. There is one out there right now, Androgel, which has been shown to increase blood clots by actually forming platelets adhere to each other called thrombaxane 2. So the problem with, there's a couple things with, with the creams. It's still a roller coaster, number one. Number two, it doesn't absorb fully because the skin is not optimal for that. So those are the two down ones, plus the third, that the actual material is not bioidentical to what our body makes. In order to avoid this roller coaster, and when you're talking about actually the roller coaster, it's it's daily, right? You know, cream goes yes. into the, gets absorbed, some of it gets absorbed by the body, testosterone level yep. comes up, and then it has a half-life or, a, you know, whatever life you want to talk about right. as a scientist. But by the end of the day, you're pretty much back to where you were. And every day you just have to right. continue to apply these creams. Um right. I would think that would, but also bio, but Jim, bioidentical creams versus synthetic are two different things. The androgel is synthetic. There are bioidentical creams which have less, the chemicals closer. It's still the same application, right? There's still that mini roller coaster. Yes, sir. All right. So you have the roller coaster. That's why you have to continue to apply it, um, you know, on a daily basis. And then if you do apply it, you can't touch your partner. You can't touch your kids. You can't touch your wife. Um, these are things you can't work out. They sweat away. Um, that there's now doing a lower dose on the testicle because the testicle, the scrotum is a thinner membrane to go. But these are all things trying to mimic what our body does, which I believe we'll get to later, how well the pellets are superior. And then where are you putting the cream? Are you putting it on your arms or your neck, um, backside? Like where does it go? Arms, inner thigh. The scrotum's the biggest new one. And I think it's probably the best one because it is a thinner tissue. Um, but it can't irritate that area. But again, that's why it's, I think it's important to get a bioidentical compounded one if you do a cream because you have no fillers, no dyes, no adhesives. You have just the molecule itself. And some of my friends have been clinically diagnosed with low testosterone, which I believe means that their levels are less than 246. Is that a correct assumption? What year, Jim? What decade? Who want to ask? That's important, right? <laughs> well, this, that's a good point. Why don't you explain that point to, the, to our listeners? Okay, a little science here. The brain, this is for both men and women, we have the things called gonadotropin releasing hormones. That's in the hypothalamus that makes our body make our hormones. And what they do is it tells the male, we'll go male right now, it makes the male make FSH, follicle stimulant hormone, which makes, which makes sperm. LH makes testosterone. That converts to estrogen and dihydrotestosterone to men. Those three mature the sperm, which everybody focuses on, that these sex hormones are just for fertility purposes. How about the other 499 functions? But estrogen is the molecule that goes back to the hypothalamus and the antipituitary, it's called negative feedback loop, to turn it off. So when testosterone is high enough, estrogen is high enough, the brain goes, whoa, we got plenty. We don't have to keep, we don't have to keep making it. Here's the problem, Bill. Bill, I thought Bill, my buddy Bill, here's our problem, Jim, is that since we have this feedback loop, what if we ate estrogen or, or inhaled this somehow? That would trick our body. We have more estrogen, therefore make less testosterone. So when I was in school, the range for testosterone was roughly 700 to 1400 in that range. Great. We're men, you know, 50 years ago, 40 years ago. What is it today? Duke says 170 to 700. LabCorp, said on June 30th, 2016, it was 346 to 1197. Then July 1st, they changed it the very next day to 246 to 916. So my question is why? Our grandma was between 150 and 250. Today, a woman is considered normal at three. So this is the biggest culprit. Why are we lower? And we're lower because we're eating the xenoestrogen. They asked it was called neuro endocrine disruptors. They trick our body that we have more than we do. So these rangers are good, Bill, but they're from a sick population. I said, Bill, again, I'm used to being Bill on the radio years ago. You're on fire. So Jim, that's the problem. That, <laughs> but that's the problem, Jim, is what range? My doctor says low. So say they say low. Um, what's the range, doc? Well, you're 248 and the range says 246. I feel like crap, but you're within the range that's why the I really hope what we do at Optimal Bio, and I know we do, is educate people to ask these questions. Sure. So if you are low, and in some 
health insurance plans, you might be reimbursed, you know, for hormone treatment. And it seems that with some of the uh, providers, the treatment of choice are these creams. So why do they defer to Mm -hmm. the creams um, in addition, as opposed to some of the other products that we'll talk to next? Is it because it's just easiest to apply? Um, I think, I think because it is, again, they're looking usually what's, what my insurance will cover, right? They cover the dose, the route. Um, I think creams are better than shots because they are less roller coaster, but they're still a roller coaster. Um, and again, I don't think people understand the other, the other ingredients like that can actually cause these blood clots or hypertension to occur. We'll get in that later with the three classes of anabolic steroids, but there's a, there's a side effect. And so I don't, I can't, I, I can't ask why other than that becomes, because that's the standard. Um, this, the, the first thing ever given when doctors are doing this, the very first thing was pellets, pure hormone compounded into powder. The structure, the actual structure of the pellet is what is, is the, is the benefit of the route placed under fatty areas that secretes into the blood. Great. That was the first, the next one was the shots. Uh, the ester class one was the first one called the ester. Uh, propanate was the first half-life was short. They got longer half-lives. Then, then came the creams bill. Oh oh my gosh. I got to do this again. But Jim, the big thing is that came later. So I think it's newer and there's still insurance may cover them. That's probably why. Okay. You talk a little bit, a lot actually. And, but in this podcast, we haven't really covered it yet. Um, about the importance of having higher testosterone levels for heart and brain health. Can you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, this, again, I'm not being facetious, but I'm not a really smart guy in the sense of this. If we had a bad thyroid, every doctor agrees you fine-tune the thyroid. You don't fine-tune it based upon numbers, based upon age, okay? If we had a bad insulin, we don't fine-tune our insulin, our blood sugars based upon an age. We look for an optimal healthy blood sugar, a optimal healthy thyroid but we have an optimal thyroid or an age range for testosterone makes zero sense to me. So we're trying to do it is, is to get our, our biochemistry in the most youthful, healthy time we had. When prostate cancer, breast cancer, uh, hypertension, uh, cardiovascular disease is not there. And where is that? 18 to say 25-ish. So when we have these levels of that range, what happens? That's when your heart pumps the most. That's when your endothelial lining has less disease. That's when estrogen, which turns into dihydrotestosterone, estradiol, that's, they also do other hormone functions. Estradiol actually causes vasodilatation. We really get really nerdy because there's an alpha receptor and a beta receptor. And each receptor has two heads. So the, the benefit is this. It makes the endothelial lining of the cardiovascular system smoother, less friction, and healthier, which is flexible and not stiff. Uh, the great paper out of the VA looks around 70,000 people. They showed men over the age of, this is over the age of 50 with testosterone levels over 540 versus those under 350. Those under 350 had, a, get this, an 88% higher chance of dying a heart attack in four and a half years. And yet they call 246 okay. All right. So you talked about the heart and the testosterone, giving it this softness, this flexibility, because uh, as we get older, you know, things tend to harden up, you know. So what about brain? Mm-hmm. Why is it important to the brain? Oh. Testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, all protect the brain. This is interesting. Natural, natural testosterone causes, which is endogenous or bioidentical, causes what's called neuroplasticity, brain to grow and heal. Class one, class two, class three synthetics have shown over time to increase dementia and and, uh, and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's because as you age, it increases what's called neuronal apoptosis. Okay, so that means cell death. Now, what the actual function of testosterone, it has a plethora of, of, of functions. But I wrote a couple down here. They actually support the survival of the healthy cells, extend its actually regeneration, and what's called degenerate, uh, degenerate cells, actually the matrix that holds them together. So it makes the hell of the cells again, youthful. But the, as a plethora of, of aspect to us, the big one, Jim, is the neuroplasticity. We here at OptoBio use it for uh, the great paper on the NIH in 2013 for anxiety and depression. Very good success for that because it makes the brain make more brain and talk to each other better. Interesting. 
That's why it's critical in women, Jim. Women are three to five times higher chance of dementia and Alzheimer's because they, when they lose hormones, boom, abruptly. That abrupt loss appears to cause a higher cause of neuronal death in the brain. So it's called a critical window in the mid, early mid forties, a critical window. When you have symptoms, is that, I'm not saying too late, but the damage is already occurring. Interesting. Well, let's cover the, the female aspect of it a little later on as well. So let's shift over now to shots. Um, mm-hmm. Benefits, negatives to it. You know, what, let's cover all okay. that. The, the, be, the benefit is this. The benefit testosterone, even though they're synthetic, the benefit works. Now, people are going to argue with me and say class one's not synthetic because it's an ester. When you hydrolyze off the ester, you have the actual hormone. I agree. That's the most, that's the closest synthetic that's bioidentical. I got that. But the ester is still not bioidentical. Back to our peaks and valleys go, Jim. There's a propanate, a cyprate, and an ethernate. All that have different half-lives. So you have a spike and a valley. We have, let's put it this way, Jim. We've had two people in 12 years that were on shots, went back to shots after being on pellets. So the benefit is you get it. That's great. The downside is it does increase blood clots. Again, extremely rare, but it does. The thrombaxin A2. And uh, uh, we'll get into another one. We'll get into another ester called the Ucadate, the, the new oral one. Studies there have shown increased blood clots and increase also hypertension, which bioidentical dodges do not. So the, the benefit is any of these synthetics are still beneficial in the sense of you're getting benefit in the sense of the, the idea of the testosterone receptor being stimulated. But there are side effects to that. And how often do you have to give yourself the shot? The standard is a once every two weeks. And that's why your valley is huge. Uh, men are, doctors who are trained with men uh, will fine tune that to once a week, sometimes divide the dose and do it twice a week. Uh, probably the most optimal is a cipronate tends say Tuesday PM and Saturday morning seems to be the least roller coaster. But uh, Jim, my problem is I can't stress enough on the neuronal hepatosis over time. There are short-term benefits now. And if, you're, if you need them now, I understand going on it and I would not quit them. But the, the, the problem is over time, what's your problem? Because when, you, when they lump in complications of hormones, they lump in synthetic versus bioidentical. So I don't think there's, there really is a lot of benefit in synthetics. The question is the side effects we're trying to avoid. How do you, where do you give yourself the shot? Intramuscular, so the gluteus or the thigh. All right. Because you want it to sit in the muscles. So it's like a depot. It sits there over time. And somebody has to do this or you have to do it yourself, correct? Yes. And it's at least on a minimum, you know, once every two weeks. Yes. All right. Um, and pretty painful. An ejection in the muscle is not fun. All right. So got the creams where you have to put it on certain uh, areas of the body and then you have to stay away from everybody that you love for a period of time and you can't work out for a period of time until it's absorbed in the skin. Then you got to re get to reinvent the wheel every single day. Um, and what levels do you get to Jim? All these do not have optimal levels either. Well, I was going to ask you that question. So you talked about these peaks and valleys, um, for the creams, um, you know, how much can you possibly peak within a 24 or 48 hours timeframe? You know, they've shown studies, they peak really high, super physiological level sometimes and some, and then drop fast. And then sometimes not at all. That's, that's the variable. That's the problem with this. We'll get into later, but, but the key thing, Jim, is the route of administration. First off is when you divide synthetic versus bioidentical, that's the first, uh, you know, you know, your roadblock, which one are you going to pick your your fork in the road? The next one is the route and the route you want to do mimics the organ in your body that produces that testosterone. So to me, there is, it's the, it's, it's the ease of the pellet, the, the a physiologically of the pellet, the biochemistry of the pellet. But I want to be clear, if anybody's on these synthetics, it's still better, much better for your health than not being on anything. understand. But just for fun and games and also for the, for our audience, you know, if you're, let's say your levels are at 200 and you're on a cream, um, could one argue that you're going to be at 800 to a thousand during the day? Very, very, maybe immediately, but most of our cream patients and shot patients peak around seven, 800. Okay. All right. Which I would consider, well, I consider low by 50 year old data. All right. So both, both applications so far, creams and shots, you're on this roller coaster. 
you're coming up and you're coming 100%. right back down. So I would think a patient, you know, if it's that short of a uh, window that they're probably not even going to feel any of the effects of the positive outcomes of being on testosterone treatment. Most feel great, quote unquote, for the first day or two. That's exactly what they tell us that they, they have that, they have that feeling of goodness for a day or two. All right. So let's talk about the orals. I know that, you know, you put something in your mouth and it goes through your digestive tract. You know, it's, it's going through an obstacle course, a war zone, however you want to describe it. Um, how does that, that testosterone stay protected, so to speak, to actually get into the bloodstream at the end of the day, if it's going orally? It, it doesn't get protected. It gets broken down in the liver called the first liver bypass. Uh, by bypass the um, 1935, 31 was the, the year, the first year scientists isolated testosterone in human beings. 35 was the first study of human beings with testosterone as pellets. It was on women who had hysterectomies. 37 was the first study done on men. Uh, I think Dr. Greenblatt in the United States started using it in the United States, 1937, 38. 1947 was the very first time they isolated, they actually made an oral one. Those who can see, if you have a, pl a plane of the testosterone, if it points up, the, the carbon molecule, that's called an alpha. If it points down, it's called a beta. And three-dimensional structure is very important biochemically. It's like having a key, a lock and a key. You have a key, it puts in lock, turns it, turn the key around. Does it fit? No, because it's a different three-dimension. So in 1947, they, the 17, uh, it's called methyl 17-beta testosterone was invented to go liver. You need a higher dose so that there's enough left over after the methylation, demethylation occurred in the liver to have testosterone to go to its functions. They saw within a few years, it was already causing blood clots and uh, liver tumors. That's actually been supposed to be off the market. There are newer oral ones. The whole idea is to mimic your body, but how can you do it without the pellet? Because that's a procedure. So there's one been in Europe since the 1980s and 90s. I'm going to mispronounce it called, uh, it's an ester class one, 17 beta, UN decanate. And that has a very, it's a fatty acid, has a longer half-life. And that's been using shots for a long time. Now they give it to the, now they have a dose you could do uh, through the mouth and orally. It's absorbed by the lymphatic system mainly, but still must go through the liver. So that dosage is 200 to 400 milligrams, 200 milligrams twice a day, only 3% to 7% is absorbed. So you ask, how is it destroyed? Well, 95% is destroyed and there's 5% left. And it has a half-life of 20.4 20 day, 20 days. Okay? The pellet has you know, four to six months. Interesting. All right, so let's talk about the pellet. This should be your area of expertise. Um, I hope they all are. <laughs> let's first go synthetic pellet, and then the difference between synthetic and bioidentical. And then we'll move back to the whole idea behind you. Okay. The pellet, when there's a great book out of Germany called testosterone and, it, and it's 800 pages, talks about the benefits of testosterone and the treatment section. It's actually as a paragraph. There's nothing better physiologically than pellet, which is a powdered compound compressed held together by a natural fat, which is steric acid, a natural fat or cholesterol. I like cholesterol because it's mimics the same, same structure as testosterone. That's all it is. The structure equals its 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 mechanism of action. So it goes in the it goes in the uh, fat cell, buttocks area, abdomen area. It sits there, and as it dissolves, it goes in the bloodstream. Fantastic. So that that is how that works. Now, back to the idea: you cannot patent an organic molecule. In fact, in 1972, that mechanism was actually FDA approved, called a crystalline pellet. Pellet. Now, you cannot patent organic molecules. So there's a, there's one I call Testapel, which is Test 17 beta testosterone, steric acid, but to make it preparatory, they put it in a, a, a disintegrator called um, uh, propanate vinyl uh, propanol, which the EPA says do not put in contact with skin, but yet it's in the pellet. Their dose is 75 milligrams. Our pellet is varies, but for men, our pellets are 200 milligrams. Plus our pellet is straight, is, is actually, a, a most pellets are cut off at a right angle. Uh, as a surgeon, when I used to work laparoscopically, my instruments are all round because rounded probes will actually separate tissue, not cut tissue. So our, our pellets had a collagen around and helps the pellets. So the synthetic part, again, it has a inorganic molecule your body does not make. And there have been 12 cases of blood clots actually went to court because of that, most likely because of that material. 
So again, there's benefits to it. I'm not getting wrong here, but it's a lower dose. You never reach the ranges and there are complications because there's, inorganic, there's a third component, an inorganic molecule that's not known by our body. So let's talk about stability. Um, most of the bioidentical pellet patients uh, will, if you're a female, maybe you're getting three treatments a year. And if you're a male, on average, it could be, you know, three, but in some, a lot of cases, it's two times a year. So that leads me to believe that the stability in the pellet, you know, lasts a good, you know, four or five months, as opposed to, you know, daily or weekly in some of the other applications. Uh, can you kind of walk us through the benefits of the stability of the pellet? Right. Uh, your body re releases the testosterone at a, at, a, at a level, consistent, steady level. Under um, working out, heartbeat faster, your body will make more as it needs it. That's how the pellet works. So the very first study done, I said it was a men, it was men in 37. They had men whose levels are on 200. They gave 800 milligrams. They checked them one month later. They peaked on 800 to 900. And then six months later, they're back to 200. So the curve is a, it goes up steady state up, peaks at a month. You lose 1.7 milligrams per pellet per day. That's your steady state. Now what's cool about the pellet is since it's sit in your fat areas, you are working out. You are using your brain. Your heart beats a little bit faster. The heart will beat the faster. It goes over the, it goes over the pellet. You get more response while you're working out. It's, it mimics our body as close you could possibly mimic it. So the stability is there's a, there's a steady, constant, steady state plus a deposit there sitting there if you need it during a boost. It will, it will push the bottom out in six months. That means you're back to where you were. Um, I'm finding it lasts a little bit longer pellet per pellet and how active you are, the more active you are. I like about every four months for men because you're low. My goal is to mimic this range of 50 years ago, roughly 800 to 1300 in that range. So I want your high to be over a thousand, your low around 700. That's why we do it. But again, it is a steady state, 1.7 milligrams per pellet per day. So the average patient basically is peaking, you know, 1200, 1300. And over time, they might be dropping back down to 700 compared to uh, an oral and or a cream and or a shot where you're not quite peaking that high, but you're also dropping a lot lower. Yes. And very quickly. And over time, uh, what I'm finding, uh, Jim, over the years, we use men as an example. Every pill does not dissolve exactly six months. And so if you're overlapping your treatment every four months, I'm finding the guys like, you know, you and I have been for years, our low, I got placed about an hour ago our lows around you know, about 900 to 1,000 all the time. And then you adjust your dose based upon where you're at. That's what our algorithm does. It's not a standard dose. Everybody's individualized. So we can keep it within that range. And I think that's the key study is to keep that steady state, the steady range. Um, that's how we do it. Good question on the, the individualized dosing. Are you getting that with the creams, pellets, excuse me, creams, shots, or orals? No, there's pretty much one or two doses fits all, which is garbage. Okay. All right. All right. So we talked about. Oh, Jim, real quick. This range in doses we talk about is very important. But remember, we're treating symptoms. Is that most people come to us, the not top two reasons, tired of being tired and brain fog. Now, to get really nerdy, the receptor side of androgens are very sensitive person to person. It has to do with the way the messenger RNA reads the DNA and produces this protein. Just say my receptor site is less sensitive than yours. And as we say, we come with the same exact symptoms. We're, we're tired and brain fog. Those are the two biggies. And in a month, I get your levels back. We'll make a number up. Your level's 9, 10. And you go, whoa, I, I'm, I'm back to me. I'm not forgetting words. I'm clear. I'm not as tired. I'm, I'm, running, I'm working it out every morning, whatever it's happening. I come back and I'm the same number as you are. And I go, well, hey doc, I feel a little better. I'm a little quicker. I'm a little this. Then I, we, we fine tune it and give a little bit more because we're never going to treat a patient and say, you should feel good. The numbers will dictate that. And the sensitivity receptor is very, very important. And our algorithm takes that into applies. Plus our treatment takes that into, into account. Let's talk about the actual placement itself. You know, we talked about uh, the shots after you inject yourself, you know, into a muscle, basically. Um, creams mm -hmm. have to be put in certain areas of the body. Oral is oral. So walk us through very simply the pellet placement procedure. Um, there is a, you clean with, we, we do, uh, we get the patients isolated the area of the buttocks. We use the buttocks area between the gluteus medius and maximus. 
there's an area going downward, which is different. Most doctors are treated to go more of the fatty area, but it gets too close to the sciatic nerve. I thought I invented this technique, Jim. I did not. I read it in Dr. Morgenthau's paper, but out of Harvard, great paper. So you get this space. You know, you got to know your anatomy. It's very, very important to know the anatomy. Then we clean with iodine first, alcohol second. Then we use 2% lidocaine with sodium bicarbonate. So there's very little pain with that shot. We make a little wheel in the skin. So when you go further in, there's no pain in the, in the, in the skin at all. We make a, a little window, about a hundred degree angle, and we numb it up there. As that's numbing, we open up our pellets. So the pellets are in sterile, dark jars until we use it. We pop it open, you talk with the patient. That takes about another 30 seconds to a minute. Now we're ready to go. Sterile technique. Everything's sterile. Then we take what's called an 11 blade scalp, which is a very sharp knife. We make about a three to four millimeter stab incision. We take a trocar, which is a metal straw with a beveled edge at the edge on the, on the end of it. And we just put it through that incision. You show a little torquey motion with a little pressure. And we just go right through, we separate the two. We're not cutting, we're separating the tissue. Now you have this port. Then we, based upon the, those are two or three rows of pellets we put inside there. It's about a 30 degree angle to the skin and we pull it out. So it's a plunger. So your pellets are about four to six inches away from your incision underneath about an inch so of fat. And it doesn't matter how much fat you have as long as there's some of the fat there. Then we put pressure on, as we talked about five minutes. That that actually takes in a woman about 20, 30 seconds, a man about 90 seconds. Put pressure on the incision about 30 seconds. Then we just tape it up with uh, with some steri strips and some tegaderm. The key though, I think to our technique, Jim, is to compress that track we made through the fat. We want to compress that track so that it keeps the pelts further away. We do a very, very tight um, bandage with paper tape. And then I think another key thing, Jim, is we put this... Um, a round ice pack on that over that area, not over the incision, a little south of that. So over the, the where the trauma was done. And um, that keeps on for about two, three hours. For men, I say the next couple of days, use it as you need more ice, the better. Women, they're usually one time. And then you peel off the paper tape in three, four hours and the tegaderm about three days. And the expulsion rate in that book, testosterone, this is why they, they poo-poo uh, pellets, is a 12.7% uh, loss rate. We're about 1% for men and about one in a thousand for women. And the procedure you just described, how long does it take from start to finish? Yeah. Um, it, uh, you're laying on your side three to seven minutes. I think that's one of the biggest misnomers out there. You know, when I get people coming to me, they're like, man, is it outpatient surgery? Is it, are they going to give me stitches? Uh, how long does it take? And when I tell them, probably start to finish is, you know, no more than 15 minutes and you're out the mm-hmm. door, you know, I think they're, mm-hmm. they're in disbelief. And yeah, it's really funny, Jim. It's very funny. The actual procedure in my mind, like as a, I was a surgeon for years, the procedure is the moment I cut the skin till I close the skin, I got it. But if I'm doing a major pelvic case in my mind, this, the procedure is everything I'm doing inside there, right? Same thing here. The actual procedure is knife, trocar, pellet out is 10 to 15 to 30 seconds for a woman, 90 for a guy. The rest is pressure, talking, making sure, you know, it's all numb. Um, but we've had many people come from other places and we're done. I placed a guy today. He says, I didn't feel it. And he goes, I wouldn't say he came simply, he was in Dallas, but he went before. He says, I'm here a half hour. So Jim, I, I don't want to go across the board. All pellets are that way. I do believe our technique and the people we train here I think smoothness leads to speed. Nothing's rushed, nothing's jammed. That just comes. But I believe as our technique is very, very beneficial. But even in a person who's not a pellet pro, we'll call it, but do pellets, you're right. 15 minutes should be max for anybody. Well, you also bring up a very good point about the actual procedure itself. You know, I remember in my medical world, you know, I had two procedures done, identical procedures with two different doctors. One was extremely painful. Um, and I was sore for about two or three days afterwards. The other one, when he was done, it was quick. I didn't even know he had finished. I didn't even know he had started. And I said to him, I said, man, did you do that? And he said, yeah, I did it. And I go, God, that was totally different than the other doctor. And he goes, well, he was very humble. He said, I've had a lot of training. And to your point, when I first came in, the procedure was a little bit different than it is right now. Um, yep. so what it would, I mean, literally you're done now and there's a little, you know, purplish, you know, 
don't know, I mean, I'm not going to call it a scab, but you know, an entry point and that's it, you know? Right. Um, yep. So what changed over the years? How did you perfect this I, treatment? I was trained by a very, one of the best guys around before he passed away. He's an older gentleman. He did for years and he went up a different angle. Um, and I started looking at all different angles because all you need is some fat. You can stick it anywhere in your body. And uh, I happened to be a, a history of a pelvic surgeon. I knew there's space was there. So a couple of things. First off is I think I used the wrong tape. I used thicker rubber tape at the beginning, um, which hurts the skin. We don't need that much. We get pressure with paper tape. I would tell patients to get ice pack on when they get home. Very few did. Our first ice pack was square, which the corners hurt people. Then we found a round ice pack made a huge difference. Then I think changing the app, the application and applying, just picture your waistline and aiming towards your hip. Okay. Not away from your hip, uh, uh, your hip socket. So towards your knee. So aiming downward. I think that space is really, really important to put in there. And uh, we've had people that are, we have a ton of military guys with no body fat. It almost doesn't work regardless of fat. There's no doubt it's easier to go where there's fat, but then you sit on it all the time. Uh, love handles are fine too. I just don't like the way it feels. Another way to go, I did a lot of those. So I think the technique gym is a combination of all of that stuff. But I think changing the route and the ice pack immediately with the compression, I think is what changed everything. Because I believe that's what made a whole, I think it made completely different. And you're, you're a, you know, a, I'll say a, a victim of the first one and a benefit <laughs> of the second one. But you talk about the surgery. As a surgeon, I was known to be quick. Where I trained at was very, very, I was trained by five of the most famous OB-GYNs in the world and speed was important to them. But it wasn't speed. It was smoothness. We were always critiqued on smoothness. And when you get smooth, speed comes. You and I play golf, right? Um, when, we're, when we're thinking our golf swing, I'm basket case, right? When our ball is hitting good, it's like, what the heck's am I doing? Because you're just reacting. And I believe surgery or procedures are that way. I'll give you a couple examples. A busy, a busy pellet doctor does about 15 to 30 a month. We're doing 800, doing 1,000 a month. Our staff, the people we train here, they're all phenomenal. Most people get are either ER, ERPAs or nurse practitioners or, or, or surgical ones. So they have very exp experience with high-risk stuff. But with a week with me, they do 200 by the end of the week, Jim. Within a week, they've done 200 under our direct visualization. So that supervision has helped a lot. So I think that comes with training. I believe our training is very, very important. And then we, we're there for them. But I think the technique is, you talk about that doctors and a lot of them, you know, I delivered, you know, 14,000 babies. Over time, there's, an, there's a, a thing to that. I've done, you know, thousands of hysterectomies. Same thing with pellets. I think I've done over 25,000 pellets. So there's a technique that comes to that. But again, but if it's bad technique, 25,000 bad golf swings doesn't make you better, right? Well, and I think that's one of the, you know, I guess concerns patients have because maybe they've experienced a pellet placement before and it didn't go well. It was, it was painful um, post-placement, post you know, it, it took a while to heal and so on and so forth. So they, typical human nature, you tend to think that's the norm. Like every doctor is going to be trained the same exact way and do the same exact thing. And that's obviously not the case. And, um, we, uh, I think you've done a great job in, in making that placement as, um, as non-invasive as possible. Well, there's, you know, there's an example, there's a pellet, I asked for the name of the company. There's a company that makes trocars that are automatic and the salesman this is seven, eight years ago, came about six years ago, came to me and was talking to me about it. And I said, well, I believe I could do it smoother than this machine. He goes, but our goal is to standardize pellet placement because pellet placement, scare, like you said, scares people. Side note, he became a patient of ours. I placed him. He says, I can't believe you placed me. He's a patient of ours who sells a trocar that's a competitor. And, and again, I think it was also cool by bringing the, our great staff we bring in because I'm talking our staff, I'm talking our patient coordinators that have the room perfect. Everything's lined up for us already. Um, and then we have our great providers who are trained is that becomes, I believe we could reproduce that technique without my hands. And we've proven it now. We have 10 other ones. Um, there's a, there's a, I don't say our, one of our offices, but one of our offices we took over. And, and when I started placing people there, they said it hurt. It's always hurt. Every single I got to place, it hurt. 
There's one lady thought I did not place her. I had to check blood the next day to prove we placed her. She didn't believe it because, and it's not just me. It's all of our staff. Whoever gets placed is like, wow. So I, I can't stress the, the, the hurdle to make this is the placement pain, the placement time, the expulsion. We have decreased all that stuff. So I don't see why I'd use a suboptimal treatment or route for this optimal treatment. Okay, so the pellet placement gives you more stability, longer-term benefits of higher levels of testosterone. Doesn't, if it's done right, it's very, it's very minor if, you know, or what I would call, you know, insignificant um, uh, procedure. Uh, so now let's talk about the benefit of a bioidentical pellet to a synthetic pellet. Okay. I don't want to poo-poo that we can still have hematomas, blood clots. We can still have seromas, blood clots about one, one in a hundred, a small was he fixed though. So that, I don't want to poo-poo. Any procedure has a risk and we're very clear these can happen. I, I do pride ourselves and if somebody has a seroma or a clot, we're available 20, anytime they need us, we're for them. We're always available. Number one. Number two, it goes back again to the idea that the one that's approved has the polyvinyl propionate in it, which again, increases expulsion rate, irritation, and blood clots. So, and it's a lower value. And you got to put a lot more pellets in because they're so small. So I, I go back, I don't want to be repetitive here, but I think when you have a bioidentical structure, and I, this, is, this is the Mayo Clinic, the, the definition is the body recognizes us as same. The body does not know where, they, it knows it came from our body. When you have that, the body knows how to utilize it, its actual mechanism, knows how to metabolize it, the actual metabolism, and knows how to eliminate it the actual way. Those don't put any extra burden on our detoxification system because these are this is a known molecule that our body knows. When it sees something foreign, it has to go overdrive to get rid of it. And that's where the complications happen at the physiological level. Which you mentioned earlier, blood clots and, and other things that have taken place, right? Um, the oral one, the new oral one, uh, uh, and there, I read their, their 24 page handout. Yeah. Increased high blood pressure and increased blood clots. Those are two things you get by, by, you don't get by bypassing the liver. So let's go talk about the females. You wanted to, you mentioned them before and why is it beneficial for a female to get testosterone? You can kind of understand on the male side why it would be beneficial, but what about the female? All right, so I've been a gynecologist since 1988. All right, so if I ask anybody, does a woman make more estrogen or testosterone? Duh, estrogen, nope. In their 20s, a woman makes 50 times more testosterone than estrogen. When their FSH tells their ovary to make estrogen, that molecule comes from another molecule. It comes from testosterone. By the age of 40, they've lost 50% of it. So why is it important? We have talked about the same benefits, the heart, the brain, the critical window, the dementia, the diabetes, the belly fat, same thing. But the big one, but those are all big ones. You think about a woman, you have a, a scale. They're born, they, they, they go to heaven and there's a middle menopause. Where does most of the bad stuff happen? Before menopause or after? Before, nope, after. Heart attack is equal to a man at the age of 65. Most breast cancers are in that range. Uh, most blood clots, cardiovascular disease, dementia. What is different? Again, I'm not being facetious. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. They were making hormones. So why, again, a menopausal woman, perimenopausal woman with depre uh, depression, anxiety, mood swings, uh, decreased libido, the drug of choice, all my diplomas behind me, are antidepressants. How about replace the molecule they stopped making? Period. That's all we do here. So th the benefit is the same as a man. Uh, I think even more so on the brain. I think the critical one is very, very important for the brain. Osteoporosis kills more women than breast cancer. I'll go over the fear of breast cancer in a minute. But osteoporosis, when you go to osteo, when you go to menopause, you, a woman loses 5% of bone per year. Some of the synthetic hormones can slow that down, but you're still losing it. Bioidentical testosterone, estrogen pellet, and progesterone or a mix, mix 8.3% of bone per year forever. So osteoporosis goes away. That makes a stronger bone. The Fosamax of the world make a hard, brittle bone. That's not how bone is. Our bone's supposed to be strong, but flexible. And that's what this makes. 
So there's a plethora of reasons again, Jim, but it's not, it's a fallacy. And our government thinks you should even check a hormone level of, of testosterone in a woman. It's insane. But the fear, Jim, the fear is breast cancer. And the big famous study, the WHI study in 2002 looked at women and it said hormones cause breast cancer. From 35 to, two, to, 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 nine, to 2002, virtually every single paper never said that. This one paper came out. I call out my old professor who's like a world famous. I said, what happened? How do you throw 77 liters out the door? He said, the paper's terrible. It wasn't estrogen. It was Premarin, which is pregnant female horse urine. And the progesterone was not progesterone. It was Provera, medroxyprogesterone. Those increased breast cancer 24%, plus increased blood clots. There were some benefits in colon cancer osteoporosis. A guy in France, Fiernero, did a study on women. Give one arm estrogen pellet and natural progesterone, other arm estrogen pellet and Provera. The Provera arm increased breast cancer 69%. The synthetic, the bioidentical, decreased to 10%. Has to do with receptor sites within the body. And there's a thing called BCL-2. When that's increased, that causes cancer cells to grow. When that's decreased, that causes cancer cells to die. And that's how these, that's how these receptors work, uh, how they work on the body. So when a female is down at three, that's, she's not in a really good health stage at that point in time. She's normal. Three to 41 is normal. Right. But again, grandma was 180. Bones made around 90. So grandma was around, I'm using that generation broadly, but roughly between 70 and say 250. I'm going to cough here. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I want the benefits. I want the same thing. I want a youthful insulin. I want a youthful thyroid. I want a youthful muscle. I want a youthful, they have me graphic here, but I used to fix women's bottoms as they age. Bladder falling down, atrophy thinning. <clears throat> the treatment now is you burn it with lasers or you do this, you do that. Why not just replace the hormone levels that they used to be? That cell fixes the bottom. I, and I used to surgically fix those things 70-80% of those aren't needed anymore because the tissue grows within. <coughs> However, if you are a patient that has had some of these surgeries before or is having difficulty at this point in time, it's it's difficult for the will the testosterone heal that, or is it almost for that particular thing too late? No, not too late. Never makes the tissue better. In fact, before I used to do surgery on the bottom, I'd always give women three months of estrogen down their cream. That made my surgical planes better, my recovery better. Until I became less ignorant of this whole field. Now you give them estrogen and testosterone levels via the bloodstream with the PAT depots. I would say, again, most of my patients would not even need the surgery anymore, but those who do recover much better. Anybody needs surgery. The reason why you heal is because you have testosterone. That makes your body heal. So any surgery is beneficial by having optimal levels of testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. I don't put progesterone too. In women, it's vital. In men, it causes inflammation, but in women, it's vital. Got it. Okay. Um, covered heart health. We covered brain health. Um, we covered bone elasticity. Isn't, isn't, by the way, falling the number four cause of death after... Yes, over the age of 70. And the number one bath, the number one room is the bathroom. Um, sitting in a chair or the toilet and standing up without using your hands is very, very important. It's a skill set we lose. Um, on a side note, um, all of us should do squats. I don't care if there's weights or not, just that actual maneuver. But if you have testosterone, your muscles will be can stay youthful. Um, there was a paper done, Jim, a few years ago, looking at men over the age of 50 who worked out three days a week. They averaged, the average weakness, their average strength was about a 1% weak, uh, weakness, uh, strength loss per year. That's men who worked out without testosterone. Same thing with women. The pelvis is crucially important. Just think about squatting, moving, moving around, gardening. All those kind of things are crucial. So falling down is a big one. Your hip snaps and you fall down. You know, your, your female head snaps, you fall down, then you die of pneumonia. It's, it's important to get the body. Just, I, I call everybody Ferraris. We're all Ferraris, Bugattis. And I get patients come in and say, Greg, I've tried everything. I've tried everything. I've washed my Ferrari. I've waxed my Ferrari. I put air in my tires. I've checked everything. I won't run. And I just say, check the gas yet? 
Uh, no, it's the gas. Once you get the gas, then wash your Ferrari, then put air in the tires. I'm not saying we don't do those things. One of the most crucial things we brought up is another anabolic steroid called vitamin D. These things are crucial, but you, they do not, they're not, nothing's optimal without the cornerstone and that's sex hormones. Yeah, I will say that um, since I've been on it, at least, you know, from a workout perspective, I have not lost strength as I've gotten older. Um, no way. Gained it for a little while, but uh, have not lost it. Um, okay. Uh, what else? But if you focus, but if you focus, Jim, if you focus, just say bench press. And I know you do a lot of that. And you said, okay, next three months, I'm going to increase my bench press. And you're your age with no hormones. You would go down even if you did it. If you had a bench press program, I know you'd be stronger in three months. Um, I, I mean, I know you, I know your body and I know the data, but again, even if you just said we stay where you, it's, it's, I don't say you stay where you're at because you're unique, but men our age who are not in the shape you're in, I want to get better, but you're already at the top percentile there. You could still get stronger. But again, I want, as we age, it's functional strength. It's gardening. It's going to the bathroom. We talked about it's playing the big thing, pickleball. It's, I want the functional strength because that's crucially important. Uh, but we started the whole program, the whole company we did, Jim, you know, is, is brain, heart, muscle. Uh, and, and later on with this, you know, COVID thing came through immunity. Um, all this things ties together. It all ties together that the foundations keep these levels normal. But this is important. I hope people understand when your doctor says you're, range, you're within range, it's the symptoms. And then the question is which range? Which range? The example I use, I use it a lot, it's boring, but if I want to know what an optimal blood sugar was, and I had 100,000 people in the study, but they all were diabetic, the results are irrelevant because there's nobody not diabetic. And I believe we have a 50-year population of the xenoestrogens, the Roundups, the atrazine, the, the plastics, the plasticizers. We don't have a, a placebo group. We're all part of this. And that's why I think it's really important that I love that we drive our results. We consider ourselves successful on the individual symptoms, what they think. I always like to say, we were zero in your life. What are we now? And that to me grades us. And that's why we fine tune it. But you know, these, we're talking about all the positive, but Jim, something that's very interesting to us. We are not forced to go to us. We're not insurance on that stuff. And we have a 98% retention rate. And I think we ran numbers. I think I think one per every one person refers about eight. So that's what's so cool about this. There's not it's 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 driven by symptoms. I feel better, and then you know why you feel better. You know we can spend time talking on diabetes or another thing. Since it's a, a diabetic, we're diabetes because of the food pyramid lasts you know forty years. This helps insulin receptors be more sensitive. There's five hundred functions. We could do a whole show on each function and get very down into it. But the bottom line is your, your, your Ferrari needs gasoline. In my mind, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, the gasoline, the thyroid is the carburetor. The thyroid turns oxygen to energy. We do those two things. This beautiful machine we've been given by God couldn't be its best. Yeah, I just, I think it's to your point earlier about heart and brain health and just the fact that if you're in a much healthier state, then as you age, you have more choices in life. If you go away with your family, you can hike a mountain. If you, you're not stuck in some chair somewhere looking up at the, at the mountain while everybody else is having a grand old time and you're just hanging out. And I guess for some people that might be good because they can just have a couple of beers and, and relax <laughs> and uh, be away from their family. But, um, you know, but I'd rather choose to do that than have to do that. Right. And I think uh, you've probably yeah, had anymore. many stories, you know, at Automobile from patients that um, uh, you've heard, you know, that, you know, once on treatment, uh, it's changed, it's changed their outlook on life and it's, it's, it's made them, you know, a much more healthy person. The gym, the biggest stories, we have all of them, but the, 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 you know, from 80 year old women to 22 year old boys with, you know, depression and the motivation, it's our military. We have some young guys I'll tell you a story. I got this wonderful man. He actually did a testimony for our, our company. He was a retired SEAL. He goes, Greg, I had, Jack, I, had a, I had a Jack Daniels in my in my hand and a gun to my head. And you got me to think. Now he got his master's degrees back. And it's not us. It's not me, Greg. It's giving that beautiful body what it needs. And um, I think Sniper Magazine did a big article on us about five years on the military. Their body's really pushed under, under the most stress. And they see response because their bodies, they're attuned to their bodies so well. So I know in our book, we have a, the Hormone Handbook, we have a bunch of stories and we're in the process of writing a new book. We want to show the science 
and then real life stories of what this did for Mary and Bob. And I, I believe that to me is the key. It's we have to understand that this is such an individual. You're you're a study of one. So forget what Greg says or Bob says or Mary says. Let's listen to your story. And you will tell us if we're set. You will let us know what you're doing. Like you said, you want to hike, you play pickleball, you play golf, you're reading more books, all these things you want to do. Cause I don't think veg in front of the TV is the goal for anybody. No, not at all. Uh, obviously the automobile has experienced great success in the last few years. It relates to growth. You know, not only are we uh, in four different cities in the, uh, in North Carolina, Wilmington, Southern Pines, Charlotte, and, and Cary, but we're in Charlottesville, Virginia, and now we're in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina as well. Um, I assume you've seen a lot of commonality, you know, with, with patients in different parts of the country, um, you know, when you're, you're, you're meeting with them. And, um, you know, what's the most exciting thing that you've experienced in the last, you know, few years with, with, uh, with your experience at Ottawa Bio and the growth that you've seen? The most experience, as you know me about liberty, I just love people being free. And I believe, I believe... You're truly not free unless you have your health, right? And to hear the stories, everybody's story is different, but yet it's the same. It's the same. I've been told, we're always, we're never the first doctor people come to ever. We're the 10th. I don't today. You're my last hope every single day. How'd you hear of us? Well, I got three friends that came to you and whatever. So the, the part that I love about the growth is not the growth of our company per se. It's the lives we're changing on a, again, where the rubber meets the road, Jim, where that happens we have individuals, well, how this started was, I did some OB practice in March of 12. By April of 12, 90% of the women had their husbands with us because they saw the change in them. So my, 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 my success story of one makes me so happy. It just, that's why I delivered babies for many years. I just love, I love life. So to see that in people wake up again, I used to, I used to play golf. I don't anymore. I mean, I, I used to, and I don't, but now I do again. Um, my, my, my husband and I were on more dates again. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the simple things people will take for granted and they're back. Um, that to me is the most fun part in the world. I love it. I love seeing people being that way. Well, it's been great talking to you today. I'm glad we, uh, uh, you know, kind of went back to the basics. Um, as always, no matter who our guests are, we always ask for five takeaways. So you're up. Number one is uh, the king and queen is in the mirror, period. You, you do not just demand, you demand answers from anybody. Number two, uh, life is, is something to live it, to be lived. So make sure you live it to the full most of that. I believe you got to learn to sleep, learn exercise, learn to eat. We'll throw those three more. And there are proper ways to do that. These things aren't fads. Our body can only run optimally with these hormone levels. So please become educated and become the power you're supposed to be when you have the answers. And uh, ne never stop asking questions, Jim. That's the last one. Always ask questions, but make sure that you're doing your due diligence as well. Yeah, and I got one prediction. I think in 10 years, automobile will be the second option and not the 10th or the 11th down the road. I do think this, what you're doing is, is going to revolutionize healthcare in the future. Well, as you know, Jim, you, th you know my, my dream and you and our CEO, Tyler, and our team, our indie team and our providers. What I love at Optum Bio is I love coming to work. And you've had a bazillion guests on here that aren't me. Because Optum Bio is not Greg. Optum Bio is Allie. It's it's Kayla. It's Mavis. It's Christian. It's 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 it, I think it's the environment. It's our website. It's it's I believe our website and our our social media is not marketing. It's if you look at our website, it's all it's all education. So yeah, I, I'm, I believe you. I believe you. I believe in the future, people are going to start choosing health, back to our medical liberty, we'll be choosing health prevent. I hate the word preventive, but that's the word, you know, doing the proper oil change and tire rotations to avoid the, the new engine. I believe we can do that. And I'm, I'm honored. I love being part of this. But again, I got, I understand I'm the, the, the medical part of it, but I got 10 of me. We have our team. It is so exciting part of it. Excellent. Well, thank you again for your time today and um, look forward to having you on in the future. Have yourself a great day. We'll do more basics than have you want, Jim. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. Thanks. This has been a production of Optimal Bio. Optimal Bio is CEO Tyler Brannon, podcast host and partner Jim Baker, medical director Greg Brannon, production assistance by Core Media, Beth Grabencourt, 
Administrator, Kevin Duthu, Executive Producer. The podcast can be found on our website, OptimalBio.com, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our theme song is Sunwave by Paradiso, provided by Epidemic Sound. Thank you.